Welcome to Oops All Monsters, the deadly unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia, that weirdo with me, when he's not stalking the swamps of Louisiana, unleashing the scientifically induced wrath of the bayou by tossing climate-destroying villains out of small watercraft, is Gavin. What? Is that swamp thing? It is in fact swamp thing. Ah, and this weirdo with me who is ready to fire it up is Hess. <sighs> Smokes and road beers. I, I, I'm I playing the perfect version of reference bocce when you barely know what I'm referencing. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if you're like, what? Swamp thing? That's exactly the point I want to hit. I want you to have no confidence but to get it right. So, yeah. <laughs> and there's about a 40% chance it was something that was on USA in 1996. Yeah. You know, it could always... probably also fit Captain Planet. Yeah. I thought that, like, tossing villains out of small watercraft in Louisiana was, like, kind of a was enough of a, a point at it. Because, yeah. you know, they didn't really, the sh- that the, the show didn't really have the money for much else. It's usually just pick people up and toss them somewhere. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's all it was. That. Mm. <laughs> Which is a shame because Swamp Thing had really cool powers. Yeah. And we are here to, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console to the tabletop and beyond. On a rotating basis, each of us brings a monster into the shop unknown to the other presenter and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you. Dear readers, quick reminder, please check the Instagram at Monsters. It's got stuff. Check it out. Uh, and before we get to our monster today, uh, since it is a me episode, Gavin, do you have something to go into our special segment that is called Villainous Vocabulary? I do. Um, have we done polisequent before? Polisequent? That's not a word. Polisequent? Yeah. Polisequent. I don't think so. Spell polisequent for me. Um, P-A-U-C-I-L-O-Q-U-E-N-T. Polisequent. Okay, no, I don't have a fucking clue what that is. The ah. fuck is polisequent? It is using few words in speech or conversation. Uttering few words, brief in speech. Gurn has always been so... Oh, I think it's pasiloquent. Oh, Pasiloquent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Google thing says Pasiloquent. No, that's what I just said. Pasiloquent. I think you originally were saying Paul Isiquent. I think you were saying oh, the L first. Oh, that's that damn dyslexia. <laughs> yeah, that's literally how it works. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you know that the understanding of dyslexia has totally been like redefined in, in, in the, you know, the past like 10 or so years? In the sense that it, it that it is part of a, it's not just mixing, it's not just word mix em ups. It's oh the yeah, word, I know. It's that the word mix em ups are part of a more elaborate three dimensional thinking about all things at all times, of which the yeah. seeing words upside down and back backwards ways is just a symptom of that general d- different working mind. Yeah, well, I, I didn't yeah. fucking know that until recently, and it's fascinating. It's it's a it's a weird thing and I've like the the way that it works is um whenever I see words that try to imitate 
dyslexia, like, things purposefully mixed up, I can tell. And I can, like, see specifically which letter comes after which letter and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I I swear, uh, Pasiloquent, um, every time that I looked at it just now, it was Pasiloquent. Yeah. That's just how well, that word is. Yeah. I mean, given no context, it really... I could really see swapping syllables in that word out for sure. Cause I, you know, yeah. I, either, <laughs> I, either seems just as plausible as a, to a, as a word to me, either seems totally doable. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Wednesday is impossible for me. Wednesday is impossible for me to spell. Well, that's a whack ass English from, from, you know, Norse German bullshit thing where it's <laughs> like, you know, it's, I, I, I explain, I always, I tell, I teach my kids Thursday and, and Odin's day and Frigga's yeah. day all the time. Cause I want them to see the invisible things in the world around them. And it, it's like, uh, I think it's very good for remembering. <laughs> Cause you're like, this is why this word is spelled. So fuckity. What did I say? Self-piloquent? Pelissequent? Melissa Joan Hart. You said Melissa, Melissa Joan Hart. Joan Hart. I don't know. Leave all that in. All right, Gavin, I would like you to, if you will, imagine you are an unsuspecting citizen of an extremely generic town in any place USA. From time to time, strange, violent happenings go on in the world around you, but you do your best to work hard, keep your head down, and pay your taxes, hoping everything will be all right. This morning, the fog seems particularly thick as dawn rises over your notably non-specific city. Is it fog? It kind of has an odd odor. Why hasn't your wife already started breakfast? This coffee tastes awful. Do you think someone could have poisoned it? One of those awful kids? (laughs) Your mind suddenly spins with dark, malevolent thoughts. Your eyes red as you glance out the window. You watch as two of your neighbors shout across their property line. A distracted driver smashes into the car in front of them and they step out instantly at each other's throats. A dog chases a cat that chases a squirrel and the squirrel has a knife. Somewhere in the distance (laughs) through the strange pink fog titters a voice. An odd, tremulous, trilling cackle somewhere between Tiny Tim and one of Sonic Youth's guitar pedals. Just (laughs) then, in the sky, three shapes tear through the clouds ready for battle. One blue, one green, one red. Their massive cartoon eyes narrowed on the red-skinned nightmare that hovers above the rioting streets of Townsville. Are you doing him? (laughs) I am. (laughs) You'd recognize those smug little faces anywhere. Faces that deserve a beatdown. They are the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. And their... Bubbles and Buttercup. (laughs) And Wednesday Adams. Wednesday. Uh, And before anybody ats me, um, the faces... The the, the narrator believes their faces deserve a beatdown because they have been... um, They have been mind-manipulated into being mean by one of uh, our character today, our monster today's powers, which is um, mental uh, manipulation and and psychic control. So, um, Gavin, as you correctly uh, surmised, we are talking about him. 
from the Powerpuff Girls and various related versions of the Powerpuff Girls. Gavin, do you are you aware uh, of there's anything? Do you know what's going on with him's name? Yes. Uh, if what what H I M is because for a, for a long time H I M him was not uh, exploded as a larger term. But are you aware of what the, how the term works? Yeah, I th- isn't it his infernal majesty? Yeah, it turns out that it's a, an initialism yeah. that is his <laughs> infernal majesty, um, which obviously, um, I'm just going to not beat around the bush, is the Powerpuff Girls, basically the cr- the creators, and Greg McCracken um, originally had a character that was more on-the-nose devil-like with horns and a tail. Yeah. And then the censor said, you can't do that. So they came up with something <laughs> infinitely more upsetting, yeah. which is yeah. him. Yeah. Um, who for a while is, for a long time, is only just referred to as him. Um, and his, the mystery around him is kind of it, maybe his most powerful uh, thing going on. Um, yeah. Gavin, were you, uh, can you? Uh, I'm sure you don't know anything about the Powerpuff Girls, <laughs> but um, yeah, do you have? Do you, could you have any way to contextualize us about the show, the Powerpuff Girls, or your sense of who is who is him on the show? What kind of villain is him? Him, from what I understood it mostly just like was the devil but the devil was so uninterested in like uh what the usual stereotype is for him like like this is what a demigod would do like if something has gone wrong or his plan doesn't go right or you never understand what his motivation is at all because everything seems to delight him and uh even even through the course of like failure he he reveals that it was all part of his plan anyway and that's kind of what i got from it that him is the devil and um the uh b- evil plans the machinations and um conflict uh-huh. that he has with uh the powerpuff girls is something that j- they just don't understand because he is from another reality yeah, I, that's a pretty. I think that's a pretty good summation. My <laughs> um, my um, my observations are definitely going to overlap a lot of those ideas. Um, so the he's often referred to as the second antagonist of the Powerpuff Girls universe. Obviously, yeah. the primary the primary antagonist that is introduced as central to the plot and having a connection to the creation of the girls and is their their primary. Um, main screen time antagonist being antagonist being uh, Mojo Jojo, but Mojo Jojo isn't really Mojo Jojo is solidly played for laughs. You know what I mean? It's yeah. you, very rarely is Mojo Jojo upsetting to the audience in any kind of like tangible way. You know what I mean? I I have, there's very rarely a Mojo Jojo episode that I have seen where I'm like, oh, what? No, oh, no, <laughs> that's because it's a ch- it's a children's show, and he's a he's a silly, massive brained monkey with a funny way of speaking, right? Yeah. Mojo has melted all of the gold into a weapon of ultimate doom, the world's largest solid gold wrecking ball. Whereas him is. One of the most upsetting characters I've seen in, like, any media. And that's amazing because 
Powerpuff Girls is, you know, it's network TV styled. Yeah. It is so, so clean. You know, they don't even say ass in, um, in uh, Powerpuff Girls. You know, they, they would say kick your butt. And that's about as intense as they get because they're cartoon networkified. Yeah. Um, it is such a, such a clean show. And, and him is I basically kind of a, a result of, in my opinion, kind of uh, giving giving the finger to the censors and saying, okay, you don't want the devil? Well, you're going to regret that choice because we're going to give you this, and this is yeah. way worse. Yeah. Yes! Yes! Well, I love it when you girls fight. I think you should fight more often. <laughs> oh, Bubbles, don't cry, little one. I'm On the same team! Others <laughs> doesn't stand a chance! <laughs> and I think in that regard, um, creator of the show Greg McCracken has uh, succeeded to a great extent. What do you do you agree with that? Or uh, um, yes. general? Um, so why is him so upsetting as opposed to any other monster or villain? that would appear on that show or would appear on, you know, like a Cartoon Network program? Um, his wonderment and flamboyance, uh, like, during the course of stating, like, harmful intention is, is yes. like, kind of a... Uh, it's, it's it's like it's disorienting disorienting in because like, his insulting. his motives yeah. are his <laughs> motives are confusing right yeah. because as you alluded to it seems as if because he's from a different reality he just doesn't have the motives that the powerpuff girls or anybody else in the reality of townsville where the powerpuff girls takes place yeah. can you just can't understand why he is doing the things that he's doing and he has genuine like machinations where you think that you have foiled his plot and then that just causes you to fall for his larger trap. Yeah. And, you know, but it, it might be something super mundane you don't even care about that's done as a punchline. Yeah. But let me go over some basics. So if if we have a, a, a lot of people in our audience that have no idea who the fuck this character is, first I want to give just a sense of what the hell him looks like. Because it's a cartoon, and what he looks yeah. like is a, a whole meal. <laughs> He's a red-skinned kind of... Um, he kind of looks like the Mr. Licorice character from Candyland. Yeah. He's got... <laughs> Thigh-high black stilettos, a spit-curled goatee, a weird high falsetto tremulous voice that's a little bit like, like, as my intro said, Tiny Tim put through a guitar pedal, which is usually affected to be super high-pitchy and um, androgynous, but sometimes comes down really heavy and Tim Curry-ish. And, and, and the voice actor, Tom Kane, who we will get to later, just does all of these really hard around the corner turns into mean and scary and direct that are, that are very effective in the context of the show. (laughs) I'll be back. (laughs) 
He has a, a ruffled collar around his neck, like a Elizabethan royal, but also yeah. a similar one around his waist that functions as a tutu. Um, yeah. Instead of hands, he has red snapping mechanical crab claws. Yeah, th- this is the most disturbing part. Yes, instead of hands, yeah. he has me- metal mechanical crab claws that are always referred to on the internet as lobster claws, which I don't really get. I'm like, those are crab claws, no, but whatever. Claws. I, yeah, it's kind of like crab claws from a, you know, a Sonic 2 cartoon universe yeah. that very clearly have a screw inset into them, so they're not even his yeah. biological hands. They're somehow machine claws, which is like, what is that making me? What is that about? Yeah, that's what that's what upset me more than anything, was the the mechanical cyber claws on, on the devil. Like, that yeah, But we're not even... Yeah, we're mind. not even... But we're not even halfway through the weird. He's got a... Yeah. He's got a very kind of um, Dracula slash... Uh, uh, devil's black widow's peak, pointy <laughs> elf ears. Basically, his only clothing other than the stilettos are like a Santa's tunic with a Santa's belt. Yeah. Uh, uh, his skin is fire engine red. His eyes are yellow, and he has um, soft pink clown cheeks. Uh, and the, altogether, this just combines as visually, in, and then in combination with the voice acting by Tom Kane, you just, every frame that he's on the screen, find yourself going, what the fuck is happening here? Because <laughs> it's not just a, it's not just like a, it's not just all cats and da- cats and jammed. It's not just like, it's not just, it's not nonsense. It is, yeah. it is c- implying things that are uh, dangerous and odd. But they 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 just kind of dip into a buffet of upsetting questions that don't really get answers most of the time. <laughs> and that is kind of the whole spine of him as a character concept, in my opinion, is to raise more questions than you answer, to give the world a broader sense of depth and dimensionality, as opposed to the extremely good versus evil Powerpuff girls come and smash the bad guy. Bad guy gets, you know, birds chirping around their head and and good triumphs by the end of the episode. <laughs> it gives it gives a um, more profound and complex sense of what evil is to a show that has done a very good job at having an incredible amount of depth while being a children's show about tiny girls with superhero powers punching monkeys uh, to death. Yeah. <laughs> um, some, other, some other things about him... Um, he is shockingly overpowered, uh, as yeah. the the gamers would say. He's bizarrely OP if you actually enumerate the things that he is able to do. I'm, I've got a list here because otherwise I would never be able to keep them in mind. He can shapeshift into any object or monster or totally different versions of himself, ranging from tiny to colossal in scale. He can become the size <laughs> of a building. Um, he can spit acid, shoot laser blasts from his eyes, energy blasts from his claws, fly. He can teleport. (laughs) 
He is uh, able to warp reality itself. He is able to do mind control on whoever. He has kel- tel- he has telekinesis. He is able to manipulate dreams, and he can resurrect other people in also himself. Yeah. Additionally, his last power, uh, if I'm forgetting any, oh well, but he is also empowered by negativity so that when people are having miserable emotions kind of as was going on in my imagined, if you will, or in the g- pink slime phenomenon of Ghostbusters 2, he <laughs> is, uh, his power increases with it. Um, so the, just a bewildering array of things him is capable of. Um, and nothing in, nothing in the Powerpuff Girls, you know, they just... They didn't create anything else that was so um, just over-the-top, crazy bats, powerful or scary. It's just really making a hard creative choice to be like, this is the one you should be afraid of. And and whenever you think that he is done, he's going to come back for more and be even scarier and and more confusing and bring up more questions. And you're never <laughs> going to be able to pin him down. Him, I, I think him is like the, the underworld um, reversal of good and virtue in the Powerpuff Girls world where everything is seemingly utopic. And like there isn't necessarily any... Uh, grittiness or darkness to that world that's that's like realistic and um so like the the devil of that world um it's fitting for him to be the devil of that world yeah uh, it is um yeah it it the, it's not a show that particularly deals with um supernatural elements or high concept elements a lot. It's, it's mostly yeah. a flying and punching um, superheroes style show. Yeah. And the, the bad guys are mostly super sciency or monstrous. Yeah. There's a very kind of like um, Godzilla and early anime kind of like yeah. wha- wham, bam, blink, blink, ha ha, da kind of like yeah. <laughs> um, uh, chivalrous charm to the whole world of the Powerpuff Girls, which is one of the things that give it gives it um, such an enduring cultural impact. Um, is it's just it's just likable, um, but I I th- I think without him I would not have necessarily gotten into Powerpuff Girls as much because it really showed a profound um, creative mind was doing things uh, on a a level that I wouldn't have expected it to do. Um, For for instance, the original episode that him appears in, uh, the plot focuses around, uh, there are three Powerpuff Girls, if you're unfamiliar with the show, and Bubbles is the blonde one. Uh, she's the one in blue, and she's kind of the beep 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 like soup, like uh, like double down on the cuteness. Always like picking flowers and playing with dolls, like over the top saccharine character. And yeah. in this in this episode, she has a stuffed octopus to- a stuffed octopus toy called Octi. 
And through the episode, Octi begins to start speaking to her like for real, real and telling her what to do. And in her charming, gleeful little girl naivete, she rolls with it and everybody just dismisses her for being the bubbles that is bubbles until it grows too late. And it ends up being this weird, demonic androgynous crab demon <laughs> where you go, what the flying <laughs> fuck are you doing with this shit, man? That is not, that was not on my radar as allowed for this media at all. <laughs> that was not on, yeah. that was not in my, on my sites. I didn't, I couldn't have been expecting that. <laughs> The voice by Tom Kane was inspired by the chief of the Blue Meanies from uh, the Yellow Submarine cartoon film by the Beatles. Oh, yeah. If we have any yeah. uh, sneaky boomers <laughs> out there looking for your boomer content, well, it's inspired by the Yellow Submarine. So there's, if you go and look at the voice of the the, the head of the Blue Meanies, there's a very similar high, tremulous, like, woo thing going on yeah. where you can definitely see um, the A to B there. We Meanies only take no penance. Understood, Max. Know your blueness. That's better. The pattern that he talks to where it's kind of serious and then embellished and then a little bit serious again and then mm -hmm. like uh, uh -huh. the comical way he does that was also how Red Guy from uh, Cow and Chicken talked. Yes. Another Cartoon Network. Uh, not, not, not Satan. Yeah, another, <laughs> yeah. another very yeah. specific not Satan. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Red Guy <laughs> from Cow and Chicken comes up in um, various references to him because Cartoon Network regrets having ever put yeah. either of them in their shows because even yeah. as even as the not even as the not devils that they are, they're still they're still upsetting and weird and <laughs> yeah. causes them to get um, Gideon Bibles hucked at them across parking lots. <laughs> him supposedly also has a true name because Dr. Uh, Professor Utonium actually says it uh, to a couple of the characters, one of them being Ken in an episode. But whenever his name is said, the episode like glitches. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it, it cannot be heard by the audience <laughs> and the characters that hear it like um, recoil in horror, <laughs> which I, which I think is great because there, it's it's such a it really is a meta character in a way that um, that makes you feel like you've become ungrounded from the reality of the show, and if that is a it's a perfect simple way to just to just slap the audience a little bit to tickle them and go like you don't really know what's going on here you're not in control you're not even going to know what the name, what this name is, and I think that the the playfulness is very much in line with how him is because <laughs> him is not Mojo Jojo or the Rowdy Rough Boys or the Gang Green Gang 
who are more traditional Powerpuff Girl monsters who come in, they have powers, they are tricky and vile, and they're able to use sheer force or uh, weird, goofy tactics to try to destroy them. Him is an extremely indirect character that is interested (laughs) in psychological manipulation, um, emotional torture... Uh, suffering in mass and to the individual, tormenting um, bubbles was both satisfying and a tool to dismantle the, the the girls as a team. But also, he will go and you know um, put a, a fog of bad vibe evilness over the whole town to try to get them to turn on the Powerpuff Girls, as is uh, as is was in the Imagine, if you will. He's really all about manipulation, indirect tactics, suffering. He's really, in a way, kind of a, a a terrorist in that what he wants is fear, anxiety, emotional pain. He doesn't just jump in and snap you in half when it seems as if that is a thing he could do if that was... The kind of if that was what he wanted, he would have the ability to do so. But that is kind of not his style. Does that does that yeah. make sense to you? Yes. Yeah, that's well put. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and that general kind of like indirectness, along with being empowered by the the negativity that's going on around around him, in combination with the uh, kind of Harlequin aesthetic. Uh, of kind of looking like a court, court jester. And, and this is emphasized uh, more so in some of the other versions. You know, there's a, a more anime version that is more modern where his costume is slightly different and he's got kind of the Harlequin um, diamond pattern stuff on his suit. There are, uh, there are other broader yeah. demonic versions of himself when he transforms. These are... These ingredients combine into a recipe that, to me, once I actually dug down in on him, um, made me realize that him is maybe has the most in common with Pennywise as any other monster villain that I could think of, (laughs) right? Because his motivations are he, he is either unable or uninterested in you know, Kool-Aid manning into the room and, you know, trying to chomp your head off because, because his, mm, because his hunger is for a building of anxiety, fear, emotional strife, tension, then that doesn't get what he's doing. You know, he wants to play a game that involves, you know, all the stages of the, seduction, the foreplay, the, uh, and the climax and the aftermath. And all of those stages are necessary for his process. And as it is with Pennywise, um, because Pennywise is essentially a, um, it's kind, he's kind of a, a whatever he is, it's a, a, it's like a fear golem, you know, yeah. that is, uh, its being is contingent on the victims of Pennywise being scared of him, which is why his modes are individualized to each character. You know, a scary giant spider here, 
Um, more emphasis on the clown there. You know, this one is about drowning. That one is about whatever your fears are. And those are custom modulated to the recipient of Pennywise's attacks. And yeah. it's not exactly, it's not that customized with um, him, although his very first iteration in Octi, the octopus doll, is kind of very much like that in terms of taking advantage of a character's individual um, naivete in order to manipulate them. Uh, ultimately, the the manifestation of the character and the way that they operate is, comes out the same, which is I um, need you to be afraid of me or this isn't fun. It is a, it's a true bully's perspective where yeah. their dominance is of a mental one. And if you buy out of it, they are no longer involved in the game. If it's just a, uh, if it's just a punch them up, they don't have any, there's no, there's no joy in that. And the awfulness <laughs> of him is magnetized toward the Powerpuff girls because of their pure goodness and, uh, simple, connection to um, positive values and love, um, you know, and, and, but even then there are kind of odd little um, pieces of him that are hard to really pin down. Like, do you remember Mr. Quackers? Um, so, um, yeah. so Mr. Yeah. Quackers is a, uh, a, a rubber duck toy that him has yeah. And confers yes. with a la Ernie of Bert and Ernie about his <laughs> evil schemes. And yeah. uh, Mr. Quackers, when, when squozed, um, responds and him then attributes the evil schemes to Mr. Quackers, which is like just another level of, okay, <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is very palpable and satisfying. <laughs> oh, Mr. Quackers, am I the Miserable little brats. You hate them too? Oh, I knew I could count on you. But how could I possibly beat them with all that surrounding them? What's that you say? Yes. That's brilliant. Oh, Mr. Quackers, you are so smart. What direction is my mind going, of course, is there not-so-subtle crossover with Super Band the Gorillas? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I, as a person who really likes the Gorillas, I don't actually remember the details about that. The Gorillas, um, were the Gorillas Murdoch, on Power Puff Girls, or how what happened there? Oh, it's, they've been um, kind of messing with each other ever since the beginning. I um, see. The Powerpuff Girls, it could be said that in the first season of the Powerpuff Girls, 2D was like all throughout it because there was a character that had a mohawk right. okay. um, and the same missing teeth and white eyes that 2D had and um, kind of like the same smirk, except he's uh, McCrackenized instead of uh, right. Hewlettized. So the, the so one yeah. of the one of the gang from the villainous uh, troop of the gang, Green Gang, right, uh, just appears yeah, um, appears to be in the gorillas in a gorillas style fashion. Um, yeah, the, which is that, well, it is him. It's um, okay. Been canonically confirmed to be Ace from the from the Gang Green Gang, um, who's based on uh, uh, 
F Fredo and um, the other guy from Dog Day Afternoon. Um, oh wow! Yeah, you're right because he's got the he's <laughs> yeah. got the he's got the five head and the yeah. You're, yeah. I mean, I can even <laughs> really see it. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's well, yeah, there's been a 2D character in the in the Gorillas in the Powerpuff Girls since season one, as well as like straight up Gorillas ads in some of the newspapers. Like, I think I think him reads a newspaper with a Gorillas ad in it. That is crazy. What a bizarre cultural triangulation where the character yeah. the character of Ace is it is a visual representation of John actor John Cazal. Or, yeah. or John, I think it's John Cazale. I forget which pronunciation yeah. is right. But if you if you if you uh, scrounge up Dog Day Afternoon, you you see you go like yeah, you snap some weird kind of like '80s shades on him, turn him green, and give him some fangs, and there you go, John Cazale. Yeah. And uh, and for that to exist both in the um, Powerpuff Girls universe and then in. Um, cartoon avant rap group, the Gorillas, is yeah. just like wow, what a what a weird smoothie of things. I I I want more things to be that way. I I, I want there. <laughs> I want the the Charlie Day red string paranoia map of things to to have so many more pieces of the web, right? I just want more things to be John John Cazale and Powerpuff Girls and Gorillas. And and I mean, I mean if you spend all your time digging into that, you know, I'm sure there yeah. are a lot more of them. I think like you know, like if we just did an, a whole season of like what I would call I like triple deckers, where you found all of the cultural iterations of something, that would be really fascinating. I mean, like to take Dog Day Afternoon and pull the the guy that plays the the uh, police sergeant, who's also the villain in. Um, let's sort the Muppet movie, <laughs> and <laughs> and. Um, yeah. You know, also what's his butt from Fright Night that we did the episode on uh, um, Chris Sarandon as uh, as the character, uh, also being a vampire <laughs> and Prince Humperdinck. Uh, uh, maybe we should do a we'll do a, a special Patreon where we only discuss things that are one Kevin Bacon station away from Dog Day Afternoon. I don't know, uh, which <laughs> has has no logic. Or reason to it, but we it's our show. We do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would, I actually would not have, that was not, I was not going to bring that up. The connection to the gorillas is fascinating because I, I love the gorillas because they're, they're both great and so weird. And their weirdness enhances their greatness. Yeah, it's it seems that um, Craig McCracken and Jamie Hewlett are not only friends, but that Craig McCracken has gone along with the idea that the Gorillas, Powerpuff Girls, and Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends all exist in the same universe. Oh, God. I don't even know Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Oh, it's an awesome show. <laughs> What's your first idea? Well, you know how cows and chickens seem like siblings? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and nobody was watching Ed, Ed, and Eddie and being like, this is made by normal, well-adjusted people. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, true. this is, like, this is, this, yeah, like, this guy has a pocket, yeah. pro- this guy has a pr- pocket protector who's making this show in a normal way. You know, like, it, it's, this, yeah. cartoons are just, <laughs> cartoons are just not made by normos. It's just not how cartoons be. I don't care what the fucking cartoon is. They're, at the, at the end of it, there's somebody, like, with a wizard pipe talking about, you know, like, sex magic one step beyond that person, you know what I mean? Maybe not the creator <laughs> of the show, but the guy, but the the guy that or the the lady that that creator asks, like, okay, what's this episode uh, going to be about? That guy hasn't bathed in like three weeks, and he's he's got like you know marijuana literally in his ear from where he slept on the floor last night in the shag rug. It's just <laughs> that's just. Who makes cartoons? It's just a fact. <clears throat> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. For, well, that's how it used to be. So the voice of um, yeah. him is a uh, much uh, lauded guy named named Tom Kane, who has... Um, about 300,000 voice credits. Um, and he's been in literally 132 episodes of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Um, he's been in so many episodes and so many things. It's not, um, even, uh, worth trying to get into it, but he (laughs) has been, uh, on the, the the X-Men Saturday morning cartoon show. He was both Wolverine and Magneto. Um, and some uh, more back of the napkin trivia about him has been the live broadcast announcer for five uh, past Oscar ceremonies on ABC. Um, he <laughs> is so prolific. He is in video games. He has done Yoda, uh, yeah. C-3PO, Professor X, and Gandalf. Um, he uh, is the voice of the Walt Disney World monorail and bus system. Um, <laughs> he was picked by Stanley Kubrick to be the new voice of HAL 9000. Uh, and unfortunately, in uh, he suffered a stroke in 2020. Um, and his family says that since then, because of his difficulties with uh, speech and reading and writing, he is now retired from doing the voice oh. acting work. But with what appears to be approximately 700 credits, um, you know, I, I, if you're going to have to go out, uh, at least you have such a colossal body of work uh, that will live on for, for so fucking long. And these various iterations playing uh, characters in just a smorgasbord of uh, entertainment, both adult and children and uh, everywhere in between. So, um, uh, uh, big, uh, show double thumbs up to you, Tom Kane, for your amazing work as all sorts of different styles of voices. Yesterday, all our troubles seemed so far away. Now it seems they're here to stay. Sitting here eight days a week, everyone seems to think you're lazy. I don't mind, I think they're crazy. But you used to be running everywhere at such a speed. 
Now you think there's no need. What will Townsville do when they look for the girls with the sun in their eyes and they're gone? Cheers to you, Tom Kane, the voice of him and all sorts of other things on the Powerpuff Girls and beyond. So, and um, beyond. So, Gavin, now that I've uh, brought it, so now that we've kind of hit our, our major points about this um, bizarre and beloved character, I have to ask you, is him from the Powerpuff Girls? Is it, is it, is it, is, is it Bitchin' Van Art? Bitchin' Van Art? No, he's already a cartoon, and his style of cartoon is purposefully not bitchin'. Yeah, I could, I, if, I, if, I, if I saw, a, <laughs> yeah, if I saw a Powerpuff Girls themed van i would like it but i would not call yeah. i would not call it bitchin you know what i mean i, yeah, I would be i would be like bitchin'. nice but it's still it, i would approve of it i would even probably yeah. find it aesthetically pleasing but i'm not gonna go like oh fuck yeah bitchin and like you know spill some of my miller high life about it it's just uh it's like <laughs> it's 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 nifty <laughs> It's, um, it, it might be peachy keen, but it is, it's not exactly bitchin'. So, um, we like it, but it's not bitchin' van art. Well, that's an easy one. And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time, when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. If you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters, a five-star review on iTunes, or the highest type of review rating thing that you can do on whatever format you listen to us on, that would be good. It helps it out. It really does help us out. Ten um, clattering crab claws. Can, yeah, Instagram should be engaged. Engage! <laughs> Engage it. Do you have anything on of your shit you want to promote? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I skipped ahead there, and uh, that's my that's my uh, bad. Just cut here. that, cut out Instagram, and put me here. I, Gavin Longshanks, also have a Twitch and a YouTube channel. You can check those out. Just type in Gavin Longshanks into your computer. Share an episode on your favorite social media and hit up our Instagram for images that go along with each episode. Comment on the Instagram with the monsters that you want to see or email us suggestions about monsters and uh, role-playing game stories. We want to hear them. We want to hear role-playing game stories. Send us those in emails. The emails can be addressed to oopsallmonsters at gmail.com and I guess not could be, but should be. <laughs> and all emails should be addressed to oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. Well... Now that we've gotten that handled, if you want to toss a coin into the potion fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters, or if you are feeling uh, super froggy, sign up at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song, Her Work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's, can be found on YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I have been Hess. And I have been Gavin Moo. Uh, and we have been 
Um, uh, Oops, all crossover. Yeah, yeah. Facts. Oops, oops all dog day afternoon <laughs> animated crossover. <laughs> I dig it. Okay, stopping yeah. it. What is the square root of seven? <laughs> oh, that. That's my little secret. Circle, circle, dot, dot. Now you have a cootie shot. <laughs> Because the boys are back in town!